Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, and welcome back to To The Point Cybersecurity. I am one of your hosts, Erica Pierce, and joined, of course, by Eric Trexler. Hi, Erica. I'm so excited about this podcast. So we have a good one. Actually, we've been trying to get our guest for a while. (laughs) Sorry for being difficult. (laughs) Finally able to nail him down in person. So we have Matt Monahan, who is the CEO of Forcepoint, joining us this week. So thank you, Matt, so much for being with us. No, thank you. I'm excited to be here. And then just to, again, keep our guest um, apprised of our behind-the-scene action. We're still in person, so um, it's fun. Eric and I are usually uh, doing our, our podcast via video, so it's nice to sit here in person with everyone that we've had today. So, Matt, you have worked in cybersecurity for 20-ish or so years, right? 20-plus, 20, 20 we'll say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, And, you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot during that time, right? I'm sure. I mean, we've seen the threats change. We've seen them grow. We've seen the way um, cybersecurity is approached um, by organizations change. You know, what? what's the same? What's different? And what do you see really, um, you know, changing? Or what do you see in the future if you had a crystal ball? Yeah, you know, so I've been in the industry a long time. And I, and I say this, um, you know, realizing that. But the single greatest constant has been failure, mm. you know. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, when you look at the amount of money that's been spent close to a trillion dollars over the past seven right. years on uh, trying to protect you know, governments and, and industry, uh, yet 95% of all companies have been breached. It's a, a real concern. So I, I think you, um, you know, you're starting to see people wake up. I think this is a period of the awakening uh, that the same old thing is not going to uh, get us to where, to where we need to be. And, you know, digital transformation is completely breaking security architectures of the old. So I think now is a great time. So there's one point of optimism. Now is a great time to rethink um, the security design of your of your security program and really put users and data at the heart of, of how you design uh, your go-forward security program. So if you yelled, wake up to the world, it would really be focus on users and people and their behaviors. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, you know, or data and people and their behaviors. Yeah, we've been spending so much time on keeping people out with various degrees of success. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it clearly hasn't worked. Uh, now, I'm not saying you can forget about some of those older security perimeter-based models, but it really is the equivalent of, you know, brushing your teeth, right? Um, it's almost like we spent a lot of money on toothbrushes and uh, and toothpaste, um, but yet we all been getting root canals over the past 15 <laughs> years, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we were trying to prevent is someone not just from getting in, but getting out, right? And getting out with something. And so when we say understand users and data, you know, the number one source of infrastructure compromise, the number one source of failure has been identity and credential compromise. Mm -hmm. So they're abusing your workforce, they're tricking your your workforce, they're impersonating your workforce to get in and get out with really critical data. And so when we say use the data, it's not to monitor the big brother type of way, but use the understanding of your workforce to your advantage so that their identity can't get stolen. And if it is, you can ferret that out and then understand what data they're after to protect that from getting out too. So it's just a different, different mindset. You, you talk about Elon Musk and, and Reed Hastings and them being disruptors. Mm. 
Who's the disruptor in the cybersecurity industry? Is there somebody? Is there one? Well, I mean, I think we're, we're committed to being it, right? Uh, and I think we've done some interesting things, but we're just getting going. So I don't want to claim that mantle. Uh, I think, you know, quite frankly, all participants in the cybersecurity industry need to disrupt their thinking. And, and it's change. clear we need to disrupt Absolutely. it. Yeah, we, it's we not have, working. No, I mean, there's been a lot of interesting innovations, you know, big data and uh, things of that nature, but it hasn't. that's not disruptive, right? I think doing the same thing um, and, and having the results uh, not work is, 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 uh, is uh, more of a sign that the industry has been disrupted by the hackers uh, more than us, you know? So, um, you know, but I do think the disruption that needs to take place is not worrying so much about data and worrying about the unit of analysis of a human being or an IoT account that is attached to the network. You know, hackers are far more interested in hacking real world people and, and human blood than they are silicon these days, and that wasn't the case 20 years ago. And so just on that note, I mean, I think what you said about um, making sure you're protecting, you know, your your people, we see lots and lots of, um, you know, things around training, right? Yeah. That, that can be the That's answer. Failed. That's failed. <laughs> yeah. That was a exactly. bust, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's just, you know, so if that's not the answer, then, then what is it? I mean, how do we change um, those human behaviors that allow us to, you know, still trust when you click on, you know, some of those ridiculous, you know, links and emails that you get? Yeah, you know, in? it's sort of funny. My, my, my parents still respond to that the Nigerian prince who's kidnapped me <laughs> yeah. and, and send money from time to time to that. But that's that's the beauty of it. I mean, so I think hygiene is, is good. I'm not minimizing mm-hmm training, mm-hmm. right? I mean, clearly, if you can raise the bar, that's a good thing. We need some level. Yeah, and you, and you can't, what, what the hackers have done is they've forced companies whose core business is manufacturing and, and uh, building planes and building cereal and all that type of stuff to becoming security companies, and they're right. not good at it. Like, so that's what you're seeing, you know, companies who are, whose spending has skyrocketed, who are buying all these security products and cobbling things together to the best of their ability, which isn't that great, to defend themselves against, you know, sophisticated adversaries. And you also can't go change human behavior very easily. We all know that, right? I wish right. I stopped eating so much on the road, you know, but mm-hmm. I keep doing it, right? And so the, the, the point here is, is to take advantage of modern technologies, to understand your workforce, understand your supply chain, understand your customers in a way that can tell when even mistakes are normal mistakes. Because uh, when things get bad, it's when you can't understand the behavior or you don't see it. If you see someone's making a sloppy error and it's a good person who's not trying to do something intentionally bad, how you handle that situation is very different than someone who's had their identity stolen and uh, trying to get out with a CAD blueprint design of a plane, right? right? And so, you know, uh, it's important to understand both things because damages can result. But the first step is just sort of understanding the behavior. Right now we're flying blind. Erica, we hear over and over again, intent. Right. Right. The same behavior, the same behavior potentially, the same damage, but it does go back to intent in many ways. And we need to protect our users from themselves and from each other. Yeah. And I think companies need to think about measuring, you know, what good looks like differently. You know, in the old days, it was the number of viruses they caught, right? Or indicators of compromise after that, yeah. right? What they really should be thinking about is, you know, what sort of files did you stop from going out? Regardless mm-hmm. of the behavior, that would have led to some sort of regulatory compliance violation or, you know, harm to the company or a hit in their market cap. I mean, that's really what it's about. Or maybe know? even monitoring and tracking behaviors from a risk perspective. Yeah. We're, we've decreased the number of high-risk behaviors over time, which theoretically would translate yeah, to no, it's, you know, economic it, gain. Yeah, it's a positive thing. It's a yeah. human thing. Wow, we've actually reduced this type of behavior. Right? How do you... You know, it's, it, it's almost impossible, you know, in today's world to go really determine. This has been the problem with cybersecurity. It's like, what's, our, what's the ROI and all that spend? Yeah, but if you think in terms of human terms, like this is the behavior we stopped, or, yeah, it feels more tangible, right? We're social creatures, and cyber hasn't been social, you know, in, 
And people come to work wanting to do good things. The majority of people want to do good things. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I do, I do think so. And, you know, even folks who want to do good things sometimes try to get around, you know, security policies because they're a pain in the neck. Or they're trying right? to do their job. Mission, we see it all yeah. the time in the military. I've got to enable the mission. Exactly. And security is... You know, security is left behind sometimes. Yeah, no, exactly. It's got to be an enabler, and we've said that for a long time. But now I actually think we have a chance to make it so. Interesting. Okay. So I just want to switch a, a quick gears um, for a second, um, speaking of just, uh, you know, the, the workforce. So there was an article that I was reading recently um, from, um, it cited Cybersecurity Ventures, or Cyber Ventures, I think it is, um, had a report that came out saying that there is um, about 3.5 million unfulfilled, you know, cyber jobs come in, in around 2020, um, 1. 1.5 of which will be in the U.S. Um, and so in terms of how that impacts just our our own cyber, um, our own cybersecurity. If there's not enough people out there in the workforce that are coming into this field, the threats are increasing. As a leader, um, you know, in the field, how do you approach that? It's a great question. I do think we're uh, in, a, in, a, in a little bit of a hamster wheel with this. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure if, um, you know, I don't want to say all those positions are needed, but part of the the um, issue is that we're throwing people at a problem, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't minimize the need for cybersecurity, but you know, doubling your security team from 300 to 600 is not the answer, right? And so, I do think that um, we need different types of professionals coming in. I think security has changed so much that it's not just quantity; it's quality. And what are we looking for? We're looking for behavioral scientists. Um, data scientists, mm-hmm. you know, research is a much broader continuum. So I'd actually like to double click on what that 3.5 million is and say, is the profile of that 3.5 million the right profile for us going forward? And then I think leveraging technologies is going to be an important one because there's not that many people out there that can do this, right? I mean, things like, you know, AI is a little bit of a buzzword, but machine learning, training machines to do mundane security tasks is incredibly powerful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I hope that number doesn't keep increasing. I hope it holds constant. And uh, I think the nature of the folks we're bringing in to the security industry changes the way we think about it and are able to address it as opposed to just throwing bodies at the problem, quite frankly. And if you look at a lot of the jobs that are open, cyberseek.org tracks them. You know, I don't know the validity of their data, but let's assume it's pretty accurate. A lot of those jobs can be automated. Hmm, okay. Right? And then up-level the talent to do jobs that do require humans. Yeah. I do a bad behavior. What's my intent? Why am I doing it? Was it a mistake? A human probably needs to be involved in that loop at some point. But detecting the behavior, that can be automated. Yeah, this is, this is where humans really matter. And again, until machines take over, and hopefully Eric and my jobs are secure, <laughs> uh, mine more than Eric's. But um, I think... I, I think I agree. Honest, right? Do I, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, there's, 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 you know, in security, this is really, really, really important. This is where privacy becomes important. But there's objective and then there's subjective. Right. The objective stuff is easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, this is bad. Yes, it's mm-hmm. bad. But it's a subjective stuff you have to get right. Right. It's the algorithm. It's the scoring models. It's, you know, the, the way you handle a particular incident. It's the way you uh, handle a good employee who maybe even made a mistake. You know, it's how you handle a senior executive who may have looked like he did something bad, but you don't walk them across right. in cuffs until, you know, proven. Mm-hmm. So that's the element. And I think uh, so I think the three point five million is a real number. I just think that, um, you know, my hope is that we get the mix of that group right and uh, we focus on the things that matter, which is uh, respecting, you know, people at the end of the day, right? And uh, that requires human judgment until, again, machines take over. And hopefully it's after I retire. Until but. machines take over. So. Oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> One day we'll have machines hosting the podcast, Eric. Well, no, no, I think Matt's going to be the great <laughs> disruptor of this industry. Voice, right. I can tell you that. <laughs> 
Well, excellent. Well, thank you, Matt, so much for being on. I think your insights, um, you know, they're they're incredibly interesting, and, and we appreciate your time no, um, really, for being with you. us today. Today, Matt inspired over 800 people. The feedback was amazing on just being disruptive, changing the paradigm, looking at the cybersecurity problem in a very different way. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I like the whole the question you asked, Eric, about the disruptors in cybersecurity. I mean, I think that's a job for everyone. Got to right? do it. Yeah. Clearly, it's not working. So. <laughs> well, that's job security then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a different job. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you both. Thank you to all our listeners um, for joining us every week. And we appreciate you listening to To The Point Cybersecurity. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. 